RTHK, the news at one with Barry O'Rourke. The headlines, University of Hong Kong microbiologist Yun Kwok Yung calls for an independent inquiry into the government's response to the COVID-19 pandemic. Police defend the officer who shot a man on the island of Peng Chau on Tuesday night. And UN figures show opium production in Myanmar rose by a third last year. University of Hong Kong microbiologist Yun Kwok Yung has called for an independent inquiry into the government's response to the COVID-19 outbreak so the city can be prepared for the next pandemic. Speaking on a commercial radio programme, he noted that an investigation was done after the SARS outbreak in 2003, which resulted in the establishment of the Centre for Health Protection. This time round, he said there was obviously room for improvement in contact tracing and isolation arrangements, especially with regard to elderly care homes. A group of representing the mask-making business in Hong Kong says government support will be needed if the industry is to survive when compulsory mask-wearing comes to an end. The Hong Kong Mask and PPE organisation said about 200 companies set up in the sector early in the pandemic, but that's dwindled to about a dozen now, with officials indicating that the mask mandate will soon end. That group's chairwoman, Dana Wu, says it's worth keeping the industry alive here. We understand the future and we understand our position. But the technology and the experience we gained in these three years, we already reached the international highest level, highest quality. We hope that government can help us to supply, can continue our business, our industry in Hong Kong. And we are needed and we are variable to stay and survive in Hong Kong too. Because we don't know uh, how many The police have defended the officer who shot a man on the island of Peng Chau on Tuesday night, saying he felt his life was under threat. Officers say two policemen were responding to a noise complaint on Wing On Street, and they allege that the man, who appeared to be drunk, grabbed the officer's neck and pushed him down the stairs. The officer warned him and then fired three shots, two of which hit the man in the stomach and arm. Danny Lee is a detective inspector in the Marine Regional Crime Unit. The police force has a guideline to govern whether a police officer should discharge his firearm. And one of the factors is that uh, the perceptions of the police officer, whether he will be uh, suffer from death or seriously bodily injury. And at that moment, I'm sure that my officer has a perception that he may suffer from death or seriously bodily injuries. And so he's discharged his firearm. And this reason is justified. The 43-year-old man who was shot was taken to Eastern Hospital by helicopter and is said to be out of danger after undergoing surgery. A 33-year-old man was arrested on suspicion of obstructing and assaulting police. A University of Macau associate professor, Glenn McCartney, says visitors to Macau have increased significantly since COVID restrictions were eased. During the Lunar New Year, the SAR had around 250,000 visitors from Hong Kong and the mainland alone. Professor McCartney said businesses are optimistic that tourism will pick up further, helping to revitalise Macau's economy. He said a lot of businesses took a big hit, a big hit during COVID lockdowns, but that visitors can expect to see a new look Macau when they arrive. We have a lot of new facilities to bring a lot of volume to Macau. I experienced that during the COVID lockdowns and, and I was reflecting about how all the, the medical facilities have been removed, the NAP testing stations and so forth. What we have for the future, particularly with the Heng Ching complex and, uh, and, and so forth, uh, will, will facilitate a lot more uh, volume into Macau. 
So there's a lot of new the infrastructure, uh, highways, high-speed trains. So it's all it's all very positive uh, for Macau in terms of you know you have to facilitate the volumes, and so it's certainly there. UN figures show that opium production in Myanmar rose by a third last year, bucking an eight-year decline. The UN Office on Drugs and Crime put it down to rising economic hardship and political insecurity following the coup in 2021 that plunged much of Myanmar into civil war. The BBC's Jonathan Head reports from Bangkok. Together with Afghanistan, Myanmar is the source of most of the heroin sold around the world. But over the past decade, crop substitution projects and improving economic opportunities there have led to a steady fall in cultivation of the opium poppy. But the annual opium survey conducted by the United Nations shows that production in Myanmar increased sharply last year, the first growing season after the coup in 2021, which has plunged much of the country into a civil war. The UN believes rising economic hardship and insecurity is the reason, along with higher global prices for the opium resin that's used to make heroin. President Zelensky has welcomed the decision by Washington and Berlin to send advanced tanks to Ukraine. In his nightly address, he said speedy delivery and sufficient numbers were key to his country's defence against Russia. Announcing his significant policy reversal, President Biden said Vladimir Putin had misjudged the support for Ukraine from its allies. The United States, standing shoulder to shoulder with allies and partners, is going to continue to do all we can to support Ukraine. Putin expected Europe and the United States to weaken our resolve. He expected our support for Ukraine to crumble with time. He was wrong. He was wrong. And he was wrong from the beginning and he continues to be wrong. We are united. Germany's pledge to send 14 Leopard tanks also allows other countries to send them from their own inventory. Markus Faber, an MP on Germany's Defence Committee, says the plan is to train Ukrainian forces to operate the tanks as soon as possible. We have quite some training facilities in Germany and by now we also have quite some experience with training Ukrainians on other weapon systems and we are all hopeful that we can finish the first training, let's say by March. Russia has called the tank deployments a dangerous provocation. Spanish police say they're treating an attack on two churches in the southern city of Algeciras as suspected terrorism. A man armed with a machete killed a clergyman in one church and wounded a priest in the second. The suspected attacker has been arrested and he's been described as of North African origin. Protests are being held across Australia against the mistreatment of indigenous communities as the country holds its annual national holiday. A campaign to change the date of Australia Day, which falls on the anniversary of the arrival of the first European colonists, has been gaining momentum in recent years. The BBC's Phil Mercer reports from a rally in Sydney. For these people on the march here in Sydney today, this is Invasion Day, a time of sorrow, a time of mourning, and a time to commemorate the arrival of those British ships 235 years ago. People here believe that that was the start of a brutal and lasting colonisation. This march in Sydney is being replicated in many other cities and towns across the country. Sydney's Opera House was illuminated at dawn with colourful Indigenous art.
The European Court of Human Rights has confirmed it will hear a Dutch case against Russia over the downing of a Malaysian Airlines plane by Ukrainian separatists in 2014. Almost 300 people on flight MH17 were killed. The BBC's Anna Holligan has this report. This decision means Russia can be investigated for its alleged role. The Dutch government has accused the Kremlin of playing an integral part in the downing of the passenger jet, of failing to investigate the disaster and of orchestrating disinformation campaigns that made it harder to find the truth and intensified the relative suffering. Judges at the European Court of Human Rights found there was evidence to support the Dutch allegations and rejected Russia's objections pointing to the exceptional circumstances that existed then and now. Pope Francis has criticised laws that criminalise homosexuality, calling them unjust. The Pope urged Roman Catholic bishops that support such laws to welcome LGBT people into the church. His comments in an interview with the Associated Press come ahead of a trip to Africa where many countries criminalise gay sex. Meta has said it will reinstate the Facebook and Instagram accounts of the former US President Donald Trump. He was suspected two years ago of praising people who assaulted Congress trying to overturn his election defeat. In his first reaction, Mr Trump said such a ban should never happen again to any US president. The BBC's James Clayton reports. When it comes to elections, Facebook is crucial to any politician. It's a hugely influential platform and a great vehicle to raise money. But it's far from certain that he will return straight away. After his Twitter ban was overturned, Mr Trump refrained from tweeting, preferring instead his own social media platform, Truth Social. However, the allure of Facebook may well be too much, particularly as Donald Trump has eyes on another run for president. Local blue chips opened sharply higher this morning as traders returned from an extended Lunar New Year break to play catch-up with gains in the rest of Asia this week. The Hang Seng Index rose more than 1.5% at open. Speaking after a ceremony for the first trading day of the year of the rabbit, the CEO of Hong Kong Exchanges and Clearing, Nicholas Aguzin, said the number of initial public offerings had shown a strong recovery in the run-up to the Lunar New Year. It was a tough first half last year, second half recovered you know, quite a bit, December was very, very strong, and then January, we've already in just the last the couple of weeks that we had before the Chinese New Year's, we saw 10 IPOs, and, and there's about 100 IPOs that are still waiting to be issued. So, so we, we, what we are hoping is that with the new uh, global environment, with a much more uh, healthy and optimistic view uh, around the reopening after um, COVID, this should generate quite a bit of um, enthusiasm. So it's, it, we, we, we're excited about what the f uh, future brings. Financial markets on the mainland remain closed. Manchester United have one foot in the English League Cup final after beating Nottingham Forest 3-0 in their semi-final first leg at the City Ground. Marcus Rashford gave United a quick start before Wout Weghorst scored his first goal for the club. Bruno Fernandes added a third later on. The BBC's Ian Dennis was watching. 
They get a goal from the informed Marcus Rashford as soon as the uh, the sixth minute. But then Anthony had his blistering effort beaten away by Hennessy. Following up was Veghorst on the stroke of half-time. United are 2-0 up and then they're looking well set. Manchester United dictated, they controlled the tempo. At times it felt as if they were never really out of first gear. And then that goal from Fernandes in the 89th minute, you feel now is already enough to see them through to the final and really makes the second leg at Old Trafford and now a mere formality. The English Premier League leaders Arsenal face the reigning champions Manchester City in the fourth round of the FA Cup tomorrow night. The Arsenal boss, Mikel Arteta, spent three years at City as Pep Guardiola's assistant before taking the Arsenal job. Arteta says he has a healthy rivalry with Guardiola, who remains his close friend. I always hoped that that was going to be the case one day, and uh, and it's happening this season. Obviously, that's not going to change any friendship, the moments that we have, how important he is in my life, how important he is in my profession. But yet we are both willing to win and, and defend our clubs in the best possible way. And uh, that's always been the case since, since they won. In tennis, Novak Djokovic said he sent a message at the Australian Open by thrashing Andre Rublev to make the men's semi-finals an edge closer to a 22nd Grand Slam title. Djokovic dominated the Russian fifth seed, winning 6-1, 6-2, 6-4. The nine-time champion says the manner in which he won is significant. Last two matches, playing against uh, two guys that are really good players, informed players, to beat them uh, dominantly in three sets is something that uh, is definitely something that I want in this moment, something that sends a message to all my opponents remaining in the draw. And Djokovic plays Tommy Paul tomorrow for a place in Sunday's final. The women's semi-finals get underway today with Elena Rybakina and Victoria Azarenka, the first to take to the court. The Wimbledon champion Rybakina re- believes another Grand Slam title is a real possibility. Seems already close. It's still, I'm trying to focus just on one match. And for sure, I mean, it's close. That's why everybody, I think, now going to try even harder, fight for every ball. And yeah, it's just uh, only good players left. And for sure, it's going to be tough matches. Arina Zabalenka booked a semi-final against Magda Lynette after beating Donna Vekic in straight sets. It finished 6-3, 6-2 for Zabalenka, who's closing in on a first Grand Slam title. She says the unseeded Lynette should not be taken lightly. She's a great player and uh, she's playing great tennis this week in Australia. Yeah, moving well, serving well, handling emotions well. So yeah, she's a great player and it's going to be a great battle. I'm really looking forward for this match. And now to the weather. It'll be mainly cloudy with sunny intervals during the day, moderate to fresh east-northeasterly winds. And the outlook is fine and dry in the next couple of days, temperatures falling appreciably tomorrow night, cold in the morning over the weekend, with temperatures falling to around 10 degrees in the urban areas and a few degrees lower in the new territories. Currently at the observatory at 17 degrees Celsius and 61% relative humidity. And to end the news, the top stories once again. University of Hong Kong microbiologist Yun Kwok Yung calls for an independent inquiry into the government's response to the COVID-19 pandemic. Police defend the officer who shot a man on the island of Peng Chau on Tuesday night. And UN figures show that opium production in Myanmar has risen by a third in the last year. And you've been listening to the news on RTHK. Thanks, Barry. And a very good afternoon. It's part two of The Brew. Through till two with James Ross. 
Going to be focusing in on some Mexican-style music in a moment. Finding out about that after Sophia. Sophie Ellis-Baxter and uh, Get Over You. Uh, in a moment, we're going to be talking to Adrian and Eduardo about uh, Musica Mexicana, which is going on at the City Hall uh, next week. That's after this. Here we are again That old familiar place 